not to interrupt one's Shemana Even if the king of Israel is asking how he's doing, he should not respond. But a non-Jewish king, if he can be succinct, mean to say that he can at least do the beginning and end of the bracha before the fellow reaches him, he should shorten. Or if he can move out of the way, he should move out and not make an interruption speaking. If it's not possible for him, he should interrupt. If he was davening on along the way and an animal or a carriage came in his direction, he should move out of the way and not interrupt. But for other matters, he shouldn't leave his place until he completes his tefillah. Unless he's in the uh, section, the paragraph of from that's after the Shemona Esrei. Even if a snake comes and wraps itself around his heel, he should not interrupt. But he can walk a little to somewhere a little further so that the snake will fall off his leg. Continues He should interrupt. Because it's more likely to cause damage and even a snake in Russia if he sees that it's angered and ready to cause harm, he should interrupt. Dalit. In if he sees an ox coming towards him, he should pause. Because we distance ourselves from a domesticated calm ox uh, fifty amas and from one that is known to cause harm in any amount, as soon as you can see it. And if the oxen in that place are presumed not to cause damage, he should not interrupt. Any time that he should interrupt, if he paused for the length of time it would take to complete the entire Esrei, he should start all over. If not, uh, he should return to the place of the beginning of the bracha that he interrupted. If he interrupted during the first three brachas, he needs to start all over. And if during the last three brachas, he needs to go back to the beginning of that those three brachas, which is Ritzay. That which we say that if you paused enough time to complete the entire Shemayin Esrei, we estimated according to the individual. Im if he spoke during his davening, the law concerning returning is like the law concerning concerning interruptions that we've mentioned in this chapter. One shouldn't interrupt one's Shemayin But just be quiet and tune in to that which the Chazan is saying. And that would be considered as if he responded. If he is in the middle of the Shemayin Esrei and they called him out to the Torah, he should not interrupt. After you conclude Shemayin Esrei, before you are allowed to, during that postscript paragraph, to respond to Kedush and Kedush and Baruch one who is davening two Shemayin Esrays, one who is davening two Shemayin Esrays, one after the other, you have to pause between the two, the amount of time it would take you to walk for in order to settle your mind and be able to daven in a way uh, that's supplicative.
Simkovav, Mihem Abtur Mitfila, who is exempt from Shmanash, very good Mosifim. I'll call up Turma Krishma Pter Mitfila. Anyone who is exempt from the Shmanas is Pater from the Shmanashra. Anyone who is obligated to recite the Shema is also Chayev to Dhamma Shmanashra. Chutz Mahamalavin is a mess, except for those who are accompanying the deceased and limited Sarkwaham, that the body those carrying to carry the body, there's no necessity for them. Even though they are obligated to recite the Shema because they're not absolutely needed, they're nonetheless exempt from the Shema Asher base. Women and servants have to be Even though they are exempt from the Shema, they're obligated to Davin Shema because it's a positive, non time bound mitzvah. And minors who reach the age of education, we are obligated to educate them to recite the Shema Asher Gimel. One who learns Torah full time could go in Rashbi of Haver, like Rashbi of Haver, these friends, mystically, Krishna of Lelitvila should interrupt their learning to recite the Shema, but not to recite Shema and Esra. Aval, Anu, but Asma, Sigmund, Krishna, Ben Lelitvila. Nowadays, we are all on a much lower level and we need to interrupt our learning, whether it's for Shema or Shema and Esra. Says Ramah, Bim, Lomid, Lacherim, in the Postic. If you're learning for others, you do not interrupt. Kamesh Yisbal, Ilsim, Paytest. Makamakam, nevertheless, Postic, Vakura, Postic, Rishish, or Krishma. One should pause and recite the first passage of the Shema. Vim ain't a show of errors. If the time is not passing, yes, they shall start down this part of the Kray Krishma, any place of Klal. And he'll still have time to daven and to read the Shema. He should not interrupt at all. Simon Kuvzain. Ham Supuk Emis Palel, Vidin Philos Nadava, Vodalis Ifim. If someone is not sure whether he davened or not, and the law of a voluntary extra Shema Nasre. Aleph Imam Sukhim Palel, Chazim Spal. If you're not sure whether you davened or not, whether you recite Shema Nasre, so do it again. And there's no need to innovate any extra prayer or supplication in the Shema Nasre. But if you're sure that you davened, one should not repeat one Shema Nasre without any innovation. But if you innovate, say an extra prayer, something new, then you can daven a voluntary prayer as many times as you like. Except for Musaf that you can't daven a voluntary Musaf. And we don't do any voluntary extra Shemona Esra's at all. And if you began davening thinking that you hadn't yet davened, and then you realized that you'd already davened, post like a little bit empty bracha, so you stop, interrupt your new Shema Nesra, even if you're in the middle of a bracha, and even if you were able to innovate something, nonetheless, you still stop. This innovation that we're talking about, that means creating a, a new idea in any of the middle brachas of the Shema Nesra that, that has to do with that bracha. And if you did something new, even in one bracha, that's sufficient. In order to Make it clear that it's a voluntary Shema Nasra and not an obligatory. Some say that it's only called a Chiddush, an innovation, if something new happened to him that he didn't need before then. Gimel. The congregation doesn't have a voluntary prayer at all. Dalit. One who wants to have a voluntary he needs to be self-aware and know that he is uh, enthusiastic and careful and uh, concentrating properly to know that he's going to be focused in his tefillah from, from the beginning to end. But if he's not going to have Kavana properly, then we apply the verse to him about the Kavana. So, uh, Yahu says, uh, the God says, what do I need all of your uh, sacrifices, your multitude of sacrifices for? 
continues and he would be able to just focus on the three fixed obligatory tefillas that you have each day without needing to add anything one who didn't daven due to an error or some false situation or on purpose if someone erred or was forced and didn't daven shachis mispal minchastayim daven mincha twice arishan mincha vashniel letashlamin the first one is mincha and the second one is the makeup prayer bim hipech if he did it the other way around layosid etfilo shitashlamin he has not fulfilled the makeup prayer the tzarich lasel spal loyos and he needs to redo it v'chena dim chol makom shitarich lispal tefilo letashlamin and similarly is a halacha in any instance where he needs to daven the additional makeup prayer. Based, Havla is Mincha. If he erred and he didn't have Mincha, Mispal Avishtayim. He needs to have Mara twice. Avishtayim, Arvis, the first one's Mara, Vashniel, Tashlam, the second one is the makeup prayer. Tavla is Pal Arvis, Mispal Shachrishtayim. If he erred and he didn't have Mara, if he did Shachris twice, Avishtayim, Shachris, Vabes, Tashlam, the first one is Shachris, and the second one is the makeup. Lachashem, Yudhes Brachas, after you have said your Brachas over the Shema and Yishmena Ashrei, Yemer Ashrei, Vaachar Kach, Yispal Yudhes, Tashlam, Arvis. You say Ashrei, and afterwards you do the Shemona Ashrei again to make up for the missed Marev. Also, when you daven Marev twice, because you missed Mincha, also say an Ashrei between each of the Shemona Ashrei. That which you complete the Shemona Ashrei that you missed, that's only at the time of Tefillah. When it's a time that it's not a time for davening, no. You can only make up a missed filler with the one that's immediately following it. If you messed up and you didn't daven shachris or mincha, you can only daven mariv twice. The second one is to make up for the missed mincha. But shachris has no further time to make it up. Also with other tefillas. Hey, even though there's only a makeup for the tefillah that's immediately following the missed one, and any other tefillahs have no ability to make them up. If you did want to do an additional Shemona Esrei, a third one, and do it as a voluntary one, and innovate something, then you may do so. That's the right thing to do. If the entire day passed and you didn't have Musaf, there's no makeup. Zayin. If you purposefully didn't have a Shemona then there's no ability to make up, even in the following, immediately following Shemona If you wanted, you could daven it as a voluntary, and it needs no innovation. If you're davening it in the prayer in the Shemona Esrei that is uh, right after it. Someone who didn't daven when he still had yet time to daven. Because he thought that he would still have time to daven after he had finished whatever he was engaged with. And sure enough, after a while passed, the time passed. Also, if somebody was busy with monetary matters, uh, so that he wouldn't come to a loss. And consequently, he missed davening. Or someone who was drunk and didn't daven. All of these cases are considered uh, force beyond his control, and he can make it up. Ideally, however, one should not get into a situation where he lets the time of tefillah to pass because he's going to lose money. 
Tess. If he heard and he didn't have mincha on Erev Shabbos, then you do the Friday night davening twice. The first one is, to, is a make-up for, is, is for Mariv. The second one is the make-up for the Miss Mincha. Similarly, if he didn't have mincha on Erev Shabbos, so then he needs to daven the Mariv of Shabbos twice. Let's say he didn't remember to recite Yalav Yavah in the first Shabbos, but he remembered in the second one. He needs to go back and redaven. But if he didn't remember in either of them, or he remembered in the first but not in the second, he does not need to go back as per any Marev of Rosh If he erred and didn't daven Mincha on Shabbos, he davens the additional one on Matzah Shabbos. How does that work? You make Havdalah in the first, but not in the second. If he didn't make Havdalah in the first, and he did the Havdalah in the second, the second counts for him as the Marev. The first doesn't count for anything. If he made Havdalah in both of them, or he didn't make Havdalah in either of them, Yatza, he has fulfilled his obligation. Papa Mincha Shal Shabbos, if he erred in Shabbos Mincha, he's Pal Yudches, Lo Hiska Shal Shabbos. And he davened the regular Shemana Esra and didn't mention Shabbos, Miss Pal Mitzur Shabbos Shayim. He needs to daven twice on Matzah Shabbos to make up for what was essentially a missed Shabbos Mincha. Vainam Avdil Bashnir, he doesn't make Avdil in the second, Miss Pal Osa Bataris Nadova, he davens it as a voluntary prayer in Sarah Chalash Badov, he doesn't need to innovate. Vua Dinam Lo Hiska Yalav Yove Mincha Shal Rosh and same thing would apply if he didn't mention Yalav Yove in Mincha of Rosh one who errs and mentions some happening of any special day in his davening, but it was not that special day, it's not considered an interruption. However, if he realized that he erred, he should interrupt his extra Yalav Yavah, let's say, even in the middle of the bracha. How should an individual conduct himself in terms of focusing on the communal if he enters shul and you find the congregation if you can start and conclude before the chazan will reach the kedusha or kaddish you should similarly the amen after kaddish and shemet has the same law as kaddish and kedusha Continues the Mchabim, love if not, Alice Bell main Hashari Veris. He shouldn't daven his Shemana Esrei if the time is not pressing. If he comes in If he can begin and end before the Chazim will reach Modem, he should daven. If not, he should not daven. So that he'll have the opportunity to recite Modem Rabbanim. The same thing would apply if he could reach Modem or to one of the Brachas where you bow down in them. Uh, so, so that he will reach a uh, bowing when the chazan is also reaching modem and bowing. So you spell he should daven. And if he needs to begin in order to be able to juxtapose the Gal Yisrael and the Shemayn Esrim, and it's happening that the chazan is going to reach modem when he's in the middle of the brachas, he will then bow with him. But if he is at the beginning or the end, he shouldn't bow. One doesn't bow at the beginning or end of another bracha. Only in those two brachas does one bow at the beginning and end, but not in the other brachas. Base. If you began davening alongside the chazan, 
when the Chazan reaches the Kedusha, Yemer in my Milah B'milah Kedusha, then you recite during your Tadvish Mena Esrei, word by word, the entire Kedusha with him. Kamoshu Aymer, as he is saying, You also say with him, word by word, the Bracha of Galakadosh, and Shemei Tfilah, and Gamicham Kishiyagish, Lech Tfilah, Modem, Yagiyak, also, you should have in mind that when the chazan reaches modem, you should also reach modem or reach the end of the bracha in order to bow down as the, along with the shliach tzibur as he is bowing down at modem. But in the first instance, one should not begin until uh, the Chazan has said Kedusha and the unless he needed to start because the time is getting late, in order to juxtapose the Galish Shalom and the Shemana Esrei, that's the Halacha. Gimel. An individual who is standing, reciting Shemana Esrei, and when he would reach the Kedusha, after Machaya Mesim in his individual Shmona Esrei. At the same time, the Tzibor are reaching the Kedusha in Ovalatzion, Eino Omer Kodesh Imayim, Sheena Kodesh Shabbos. He doesn't now say Kodesh 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 as they are, albeit seated, because the two Kedushas are not equal. Venira Dehuadin Mahayo Tzibor Imim Keser. The same thing would be if the congregation were reciting the Kedusha of Musav, Sheena Omer Imayim Kedusha. He doesn't recite Kedusha with them because he's still in Shachar. He should just be quiet and tune into that which they are saying. Because one who listens, it's as if he answers. That if the congregation is reciting the Kedusha of Musaf and he's in the middle of Shachar, he can respond with them. They're both a Kedusha of the Shemen Esrei and they have the same level of sanctity. And... This is my opinion as the prime halacha, says the Ramah. Simon Kofiur. A Yetzel one who goes on a journey, Poilam Magispalo, and workers, what should they dive and say? Philos Adarach of Vesemedrish, and the order of Philos Adarach, and learning. In an urgent situation, like he's on a journey, or he's standing in a place that he is preoccupied and he is afraid that he will be interrupted or he cannot daven with kavana a lengthy tefillah after the first three brachas you should say the bracha of then you should say the last three brachas and he needs to recite that section all standing when he gets home he doesn't need to read daven you cannot recite the shortened version of the Shemona Esra the Havineno during the winter months because you won't be able to add in those parts uh, workers who are on the clock uh, if he does not pay them beyond their meals, they but they don't lead and they don't but if he pays them, then they should rather daven the shortened version. We're not concerned about this. Uh, presumably, when somebody hires workers, he assumes that they're going to daven Shemona Esrei, and so we don't give them the out of being able to daven the short version. Gimel. One who is walking through an area that has bandits and animals, 
the needs of your people are great, and he completes that section. He doesn't even have to recite the first three of the last three brachas, and he can recite it as he is walking along the way. If he can stop for a moment, he does stop. When he reaches a an area of uh, where people live and his mind settles, he then should go and daven the complete man esrei. If he didn't go back and daven properly, it's as if he completely forgot to daven his father ill simen kofches, which is explained above, that he would need a tashlamin, an extra next time round. One is going on away. His father should daven the tefillah You have to say it in plural. If possible, stand still as you say it. If you are riding, uh, then you don't need to stop and descend. Hey, you only need to recite it once a day. Even if you're going to rest for a while in the city, but if you had in mind you were going to stay over in the city and then you changed your mind and you left the city to travel onwards or to go back home, then you would need to repeat it and say the Tzvil Tzadarach again. Well, the Ram Rottenberg, when he would go on a journey, he would say the uh straight after his Gomel Chasadim bracha first thing in the morning in order to connect one bracha to another. Zayn. He, one should recite the Tzadarach once you're already properly on the way. And you should only say it if you're going to at least go the distance of a parasa. But less than parasa, you shouldn't conclude the end of the Shemayin And ideally, one should recite it in the first parasa of one's journey. And if you forgot to recite it, you can recite Tzadarach any time throughout the journey. As long as you have not reached within one parasa of the city that you intend to stay over, from that point onwards, you sh- can still recite it, but without the bracha. One who is entering base medrash should daven the following prayer. Uh, may it be your will, Hashem, that I should not stumble in a matter of halacha. When you leave, you should say, the, the prayer where you thank Hashem who has placed you in the base medrash and not amongst those who just wander aimlessly. The law of connecting Gula, the redemption, to the Shemana Esrei. One must connect the redemption to the Shemana Esrei without a, an interruption. You are not even allowed to recite Amen after you hear Gali You're not allowed to recite any other Pasuk except for Hashem Sosatiptach. That it is permissible to answer Amen to Gal Yisrael. That which we need to juxtapose Gula and Tefillah is only during the weekday or on Yom Tov, but there's no need on Shabbos. But ideally, one should be strict unless there's some pressing need. When the Chazan begins Hishmen Esrei, uh, out loud, he should also repeat Hashem Hashem Gimel. 
if you have not yet recited Shema, and then and you see that the congregation is already after the Shemanesh, you shouldn't daven with them. But recite the Shema, then afterwards daven. Because it's better to connect the Geula to the Tefillah than to daven with the Minyan. One may not make an interruption in, during the first three or the last three brachas of the Shemana Esri. One should not ask for one's personal needs during the first three or last three brachas of the Shemana Esri. That's only the needs of one personally. But the needs of the congregation are permitted. One should not recite piyotim and various poems, but filler in the midst of one's since they are for the needs of the community, of the many. And that's the Ashkenazi medic in, in every place to say them. The laws of bowing during the Shemana Esrei has nine parts. These are the brachas that one bows down. Uh, for in the first bracha of Avais at the beginning and at the end of Hodotikhlov and in the bracha of Modim at the beginning and end, if someone came and wanted to bow at the end of any bracha or at the beginning, we teach him that he shouldn't bow. But if he wanted to bow during the midst of the bracha, he may. Those who have the minute to bow on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur when they say the extra psukim, Zachreinu and Mikamocha, need to make sure that they are straight, standing straight when they reach the end of the bracha. Even though for that first bracha one bows at the end of the bracha, nevertheless, at the end of the verse of Zachreinu, you still need to make sure that he's standing um, a little straight. In order that it should be clear that he is then bowing again for the purposes of the obligation of the bracha of Magnavram. Gimel. One who bows down uh, at certain parts of the davening, such as when it says, and or during the thanks of Halal and Benching, Haraz and Maguna is despicable, those weren't instituted, and so one who bows down is, is making up extra that wasn't part of the tradition. One who is davening needs to bow down until all of the vertebrae in one's spine are, have moved. You shouldn't bow down with the middle of your waist and your head stays upright. Rather, your head also needs to be part of the bowing. Hey, one shouldn't bow down to the extent that your mouth reaches your pants. If someone is old or ill and is unable to bow to the extent that all of his spinal cord is, is engaged, it's sufficient once his head, once he's lowered his head, that's, that's enough. Because then it's clear that he wants to bow, it's, it's just too difficult for him. When he bows, he should bow quickly in one shot. And when he stands straight, he should stand straight gently with his head first, and afterwards his body. That shouldn't appear like a burden for him. When he's bowing down, he bows with the word Baruch. And when he is straight, he should be straight for Hashem's name. One who is davening and a Gentile approaches him. 
If he has some sort of idolatry in his hand, and you've come to the place that you have to bow, you shouldn't bow, even though you intend to be bowing towards Hashem. One shouldn't add to the descriptions of Hashem. Yosser, more than that which it says in the bracha, that's only when one's starting. Because one shouldn't change the formula that our sages instituted, but with various prayers and requests and praises that a person says on his own, less lombard, there's no concern. It's proper the one who wants to lengthen the praises of Hashem should do so by using established psukim.